Yeah, you, one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday each week, you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, a trip to the Trojan asteroids. Your teacher is Fred Watson, Australia's astronomer at large. Fred, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Richard. This sounds like something from ancient Greece, not from the stars. <laughs> and, and indeed, you could be forgiven for thinking that. Um, you may know that there is a slightly quirky cartoon in my new children's book, Space Warp, that shows these Trojan asteroids looking a lot like horses mm. with wheels. Um, but that's not what they're really like. They're asteroids. And yes, it is all about the Trojan Wars, uh, because that's the nomenclature that has been associated with these. Um, that what makes them different from most of the other asteroids in the solar system, which um, which orbit between uh, the orbits of Mars and Jupiter in what we call the main asteroid belt. These are ones that accompany planets in their orbits around the sun. They're sort of hangers on um, and they actually cluster around two stable points, one 60 degrees ahead of the planet in its orbit and the other 60 degrees behind the planet in its orbit. If you can envisage that uh, as the planet's going around, it's got this cluster of things in front of it that are always uh, moving with it at the same speed and a cluster of things behind it. And this is, and those... a, this is one of the most exciting things, I think. At that point is a point where the gravity of the sun and the gravity of the planet combine to cancel out gravity and they produce this stable this stable spot in space. Indeed, that's right. There are actually five of these points, Richard. They're known as Lagrange points, but um, uh, astronomers call the two that uh, relate to the Trojan asteroids the L4 and the L5 points. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird. You know, you've got these objects that are essentially orbiting around nothing they're, they're because of this stable point. Um, and of course, uh, what uh, really uh, characterizes the solar system in that regard is that the biggest planet, Jupiter, has the biggest collection of these Trojan asteroids. Um, first one was discovered back in 1906, even though people were expecting to find them for probably 100 years before that. But yes, the first one was catalogued then. And now we know of uh, at least 11,000 of these what are called Jupiter Trojans, but they're probably millions of them in reality. Now, here we come back to the Trojan War and ancient Greece and, 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 uh, and all of that. There are said to be some of them are in the Greek camp while others are in the Trojan camp. Explain that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love this. Well, it, 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 you know, I guess back in 1906, people thought, how are we going to name these things? You know, because they would have started discovering them in large numbers. And it was uh, the decision, somebody who was familiar with the Iliad and those other similar uh, learned texts uh, of, the, of the ancient Greeks times said, OK, let's name them after participants in the Trojan War. And since there are two clumps of them, why don't we call the Greek camp the ones ahead of Jupiter and the Trojan camp, the ones behind Jupiter. And that's the way it's stuck. There's actually, I think there's um, one in each camp that be really belongs in the other side because of the name. So there's, you know, the, the, the name's gone wrong somewhere. Uh, it's, a, it's a Greek in the Trojan camp and a Tro Trojan in the Greek camp. <laughs> maybe they're in a horse still sneaking in. Um, now, so millions, maybe millions with Jupiter. Do other planets have Trojans? They do. Uh, and indeed, our own planet has uh, two Trojans. Uh, if you and I had been speaking a fortnight ago, I would have said our own planet has one Trojan uh, because the second one has, has re really been announced very recently. It was discovered uh, um, actually the year before last, but it's always has just been confirmed as being a Trojan asteroid. So uh, the two that we know about, uh, one's about 300 metres in diameter. It's got the classic astronomy name of 
2010 TK7, uh, found as it suggests in 2010. Uh, and, but the new one, the newly discovered one, uh, is quite a lot bigger. It's four times as big, about 1.2 kilometres across. Mm. Um, and um, they're both orbit ahead of the Earth They're in, I guess, what you might call the, the Earth's Greek camp, if you want to <laughs> take that, you know, take the nomenclature forward. But so they orbit ahead of the Earth. And uh, what we understand about the orbits of Trojan asteroids is that the smaller the object that's kind of doing the herding of these things, and in this case, the Earth, the smaller that object is, the more temporary these objects are likely to be in their uh, in their companionship of, of the planet. Uh, so these two are likely to be temporary companions of the Earth. The Earth's nowhere near as big as Jupiter, and so has a smaller gravitational influence. But um, the, the, the pundits suggest that 2020 XL5, which is the newly discovered one, uh, should remain with the Earth for at least 4,000 years so you know we've got quite a long time (laughs) to get to know venus neptune they they all have a smaller number of of trojans they do that's right venus has got one which again is thought to be temporary mars has 14 uh, which seem to be a bit long longer lived maybe because it's a little bit further away from the sun although it's kind of looming up against jupiter when you get to the orbit of mars but um curiously with with mars i think 13 of those asteroids actually follow Mars and only one leads it, which is in contrast to certainly in Jupiter, the, the, the Greek asteroids leading Jupiter outnumber the others by two to one. Right, and then Saturn, yeah. none so far. Uh, Uranus and Neptune have two and 28 respectively. All right, all separated between Greeks and, and Trojans, whether they're ahead or behind. Now, back in quite recently, really, October 2021, NASA launched this spacecraft. It's named Lucy. It's going to explore Jupiter's Trojan asteroids. Why did they name it Lucy? <laughs> because... Um, the, the whole interest in Trojan asteroids, Richard, is that they probably belong to um, a remnant uh, cloud of objects that formed almost before the solar system formed. This, the, the solar system formed as a disk of material swirling around and the stuff stuck together and made planets. But there's a lot left over. But on the outer edges of that, there was stuff that was really never modified by the sun's heat. And so asteroids out there might well tell us secrets about the origin of the solar system and so the name lucy comes from that 3.2 million year old fossil skeleton of the hominid hominid whose name i always struggle with australopithecus afarensis there you go i did it um discovered back in 1974 by a paleoanthropologist named donald johansson um so lucy was a you know, like a, a, a Rosetta Stone for some of the studies of the way our species have evolved. The hope is that the Trojan asteroids will be similarly uh, a Rosetta Stone for how the solar system has evolved. So, yes, the NASA name for that um, spacecraft uh, comes from that famous Lucy hominid, which in turn comes from Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which was apparently played very loudly uh, during the uh, post-discovery <laughs> period of, of the Lucy fossil. Is that right? So Lucy is named, uh, it's, there's a Beatles reference. There, there really is a Beatles reference in, in, in Lucy's name. There is. And there's a bit of a Beatles connection with the Lucy spacecraft as well. I should mention that it's going to go and visit seven Trojan asteroids. It will get there in 2027. Um, I'm looking forward to it. That's the most uh, asteroids that any 
uh, spacecraft has ever visited and it will collect an, a standard main belt asteroid on the way. Um, the, the Beatles connection has been carried over by NASA. You can tell the kind of people that run NASA, they love all this stuff. Um, there is, um, for example, uh, one of the spacecraft science payloads is a thermal infrared spectrometer that incorporates a disk of lab-grown diamonds. So Lucy in the sky <laughs> with diamonds. And they've also got a, a, a plaque on the spacecraft that includes poetry and speeches and actually song lyrics by notable people, including Carl Sagan, the great astronomy popularizer, and of course, the Beatles as well. Um, the real icing on the cake, which I love, Richard, is that uh, there's one other tribute because the asteroid, the main belt asteroid that Lucy will fly by in 2025 is actually called 52246 Donald Johansson. The man who who found Lucy. Uh, this is a great question, Fred, from Gary. How is it that we've only just found an object 1.2 kilometres big that has been orbiting near Earth since time began? How can we have only just recently found it? It's, it's a good question because that's relatively large. But um, what is so the object has been known since 2020 um, and it was discovered in one of the near Earth asteroid search programs. But these Trojan asteroids, they do wander around a lot. They sort of cluster around the, you know, the, the, the gravitationally stable points I mentioned, but they actually wander all over the place in space. And so the trick has been the reason the thing that's taken a long time is to establish that, yes, this actually belongs to the Earth's Trojan group of which there are now two members, rather than just be a, pass, a passing asteroid in, a, in an orbit similar to the Earth's Yeah, it's, it's, it's locked into this very particular relationship with the sun and with the planet's gravitational force. And, and with, the, uh, with the NASA trip, it's so interesting, the flyby, you, you, you say they're flying by all these different asteroids, they're going within a thousand kilometres of each target. That's in kind of space terms, pretty close. It is pretty close. And when you look at the mission profile, Richard, it's quite extraordinary because um, they will take, uh, so, so they'll visit seven Trojan asteroids. I think it's three from the Greek camp and four from the Trojan camp, or maybe it's the other way around. But um, when you look at the, the trajectory, the, the spacecraft will uh, orbit, it'll come, go out to Jupiter, it'll come back into the inner solar system, fly out to Jupiter on the other side again to look at the other uh, Trojan asteroids. It's going to be an extraordinary feat of uh, astrodynamics uh, to make all this work, but NASA are pretty good at that sort of thing. How nice to have something to look forward to in 2027. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Fred, thank you so much. Great place. There's a Fred Watson, Australia's astronomer at large. You can listen again online at abc.net.au slash Sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Check out uh, Fred Watson's new book too, especially to teach kids about space. Next week, a lesson from Dr. Heather Handley, volcanologist and adjunct associate professor at Monash University. She'll be diving into Australia's fiery volcanic past. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next time.